Welcome to Career Tools. Today we cover the first part of our show on how to dress when giving presentations. Here we go. I knew we'd get to this eventually. Today, we're going to cover Mark Horseman's tips for the fashion conscious. <laughs> that is so not cool, dude. <laughs> no? No? <okay>. No. <laughs> yeah, because this show is all about fashion, right? Yeah, great. Yeah, well, anybody who listens to our recommendations will quickly figure out it is not about fashion, but about being effective in presentations. Yep, yeah. And why is that necessary, folks? Well, Effective presentations are an opportunity to enhance one's career, and we've seen it over and over again. We've seen friends of ours' careers go up, and we've seen them go down based on how well they do in a series of talks or speeches or or just how they presented during staff meetings. That's it. Yeah, you know, it's kind of frustrating. Don't, don't you agree that when people see that, they don't like it? I mean, there are many people who don't like it. No, absolutely not. Yeah, well, yeah they figure they're, they're smart, they're hardworking, they do a lot of good yeah. work, and, you know, yeah. My career is not about how well I present. Yeah. You know, Career Tools will return to this topic many times. We've already touched on it before. We have many more casts to deliver on, on presentations. Presentations are an unheralded part of career success. And whether you like it or not, the people that decide, the executives, the senior managers in your organization, believe that they matter. And for those of you who are listening who are in a small companies who routinely ask us, and, and we're, we're fine with you asking, you know, I want shows just for small companies. Uh, what you recommend only applies to big companies. It's not true. It's not true. We, we would argue with you on that point. But this is one of those casts that many people could easily say, oh, it's only for big companies. And in fact, Mike and I are in a small company now. I've owned small companies for years. Uh, if you're an entrepreneur, even if you're a public sector worker, if, if you're in a not-for-profit, all of this regarding presentations still applies. If you're making a client pitch, you're in a presentation. You may think that it's good to be, quote, to be yourself, unquote, but they don't want you to be yourself. They want you to be your best self, just the way we recommend in terms of interviewing, because if people are going to entrust their money or their risk or their time or their treasures or their, their people to you, they want to know they're choosing the best you. Um, if you're asking for money from a banker, if even if you're just briefing to your staff and you control their addiction to food, clothing, or shelter, doing well in presentations impresses other people and impressions make a difference in one's career. Yeah. And it's not only about impressing others. It's about being effective with your ideas. And it doesn't matter how great an idea you have. If you can't yeah. pr present it in a persuasive manner, you might as well just not have the idea. Yeah, which, which really leads us to the career tools rule of presentations, and it's simple. Presentations are the internal career equivalent of interviews. They're that important. Those of us who spend time developing our skills in presentations will outperform those who don't, just like people who prepare well for interviews. Uh, whether we, we use our interviewing skills preparation casts or not, will outperform those that don't, all of the things being equal. That brings me to our, our seven uh, major bullets, because we have seven. We're not going to detail all the sub-bullets, but uh, we have seven points we're going to make in this order. Number one is why presentations matter. We want to spend a minute explaining the background, why we, we have seen over and over again presentations are so important. Even though it's number one in the show notes, we're going to cover it last so we can get right to our actionable recommendations. Number two is to dress up. 
Number three is to keep it simple. Number four is to get a haircut or get styled. Uh, number five is to empty your pockets. Number six is to minimize jewelry. And number seven is kind of a bonus and, and not for everyone. Uh, we recommend you highlight your arms, believe it or not. And we'll, we'll, we'll describe that or explain that when we get there. Good. Okay. So like you said, we're going to cover the why at the end of the cast. So we're going to start off with our bullet point number two, which is yes. dress up, right? And yeah. this sure follows from the career tools rule of presentations you just covered, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, I think we mentioned it. We're amazed at the number of interviewees who try to convince us that they just know the hiring firm they're going to go to is very casual and they wouldn't want themselves as a candidate to stand out, right? The company just wouldn't want a candidate to stand out. Oh, please be yourself and dress however. You know, it's just a, it's a, it's, it's a trick. It reminds me of a, of, of something I've seen on the internet that my kids have shown me. Nice trick, liar. Right. <laughs> uh, we're amazed because, of course, everyone who says that to us is an interviewee, right? But everything we know from credible sources about from interviewers, from recruiters, from managers, from executive, including your and my 25 times two plus years of interviewing experience is you got to dress up. On the other hand, look, we understand why people think that they can get away with not dressing up for interviews. I, I, I think they don't want to make it as important as it is. But we do understand why most professionals don't think of the need to dress up for presentations. Because frankly, so many of us underestimate the importance of interviews. And, and I'll tell you, it was a little bit hard for me. Mike was wise and suggested we do the actual part first, particularly for those of you who on two-part cast wait until week two to listen to the whole thing. Because when you listen to the reasons why presentations matter, it's really hard to argue with the, okay, here's what to do. But for those of you who completely trust us and are willing to wait for the why, we, we are going to get to the to the details of, of what that is. But, but look, the fact that nobody talks about this doesn't make it any less true. Effective presenters, it's Mike, and Mike said that right in the beginning, effective presenters, that's the way we see this. We know that presentations are like internal interviews, and we know that we have to dress the part. Okay. So before we, we talk about uh, some specific recommendations, though, let's address a couple of common counter arguments. So let, let me throw a, a few at you and see what you got to say about them. Okay. Okay. So first, no one else does this, so why shouldn't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like that one. Uh, we'd argue, yes, they actually do do this. They do follow our recommendations for dressing up and other things. But probably, probably you aren't noticing that they do it because they aren't going from jeans to a suit. They aren't making a radical shift. They're making a small shift up, enough that's in keeping with the culture and yet still sending a message of, I recognize today is important. We'd also say that even if they don't do it, gee, doesn't it make it even more of an opportunity for us to stand out to make it a competitive difference? What if I don't want to stand out? <laughs> okay, that's different. <laughs> you know, I really hate to tell you this. Mike, if you're going to play the guy that says to me, well, Mark, I don't want to stand out. I'm going into a presentation. Hey, no offense. When you're presenting, you stand out by the very nature and activity of the event you're in. At this point, if you're standing in front of the group, by definition, you're standing out. You can't avoid it. Oh, darn. And, yeah. If, look, effective presenters know that. And they make, a, they make the most out of it by standing out sharply in a professional way rather than standing out based on I'm like everybody else. And I have to say, the I'm like everybody else thing is really not an effective way to go. It may sound somehow 
vaguely uh, libertarian or egalitarian to be like everybody else. But if you want to get promoted, you don't want, look, how would you feel if you were up for promotion? And they said, well, you're just like everybody else. You'd have to look at yourself in the mirror and go, well, I sure helped them draw that conclusion, right? Right. Now, look, another thing you do, it's also completely reasonable to change at work into what you'll present in, right? So you could, you could, if you don't, want to stand out other than in your presentation, then wear what you normally wear to work and change for the presentation. Although, frankly, that to us, that makes it stand out a little bit more. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, though, because I can imagine a lot of folks would say they don't want to stand out before the presentation, right? Because others are going to notice, right? So, oh, oh well, there you go, Mike. Uh, what's going on today? Are you interviewing or what's what's going on? Yeah. You know, I, I guess everybody wants to be cool or well-liked. And Years ago, this argument used to frustrate us, really. We would say, but look, you're going to let a bunch of folks who don't like you, the fact that you're trying to get ahead anyway, they, and they might like you, but they don't like the fact that you're trying to get ahead. You're, you're going to let them keep you from getting ahead? Um, you're going to try to be cool to people who likely have little influence over your career and then snub the folks who do have influence over your career by dressing the way everyone else does and the way you always do? We've learned the hard way that, that over time that most folks didn't realize the value that is placed on presentation. And so they wouldn't dress up because, because look, there was a risk in dressing up. People would tease them. People would joke with them. Oh, yeah, trying to get a promotion. Ha, ha, ha. As if the majority of people listening don't want that. I'm not saying everybody does, but the majority of people don't. Or even if you don't want a pro promotion, you want, you want to improve your stature, improve your standing in your organization, right? But people didn't know there was value in dressing up, but they definitely felt there was a risk of social teasing. So from that perspective, we understand that rationale, but hopefully everyone now knows the risk is worth it, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Somebody says, uh, why are you all dressed up today? What's a special occasion? You just smile and look at them and say, eh, presentation today. Yeah. And you know, the great thing is when you say it like that, when you just kind of toss it off, you say it kind of like they ought to know, right? Presentations matter. I mean- it's like, why are you dressed up? Well, it's Sunday and it's 1025 and my family and I are going to church in five minutes. For those of you who go to church, right? It's like, uh, well, sorry, we go to church on Sunday mornings, right? Yeah. And the dark mic of me just says, uh, yeah, I'm going to a presentation. I'm going to look good and I'm going to kick your rear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I, we don't want to overdo the competitive nature of the limited number of spots above you in the organization. We don't really need to overdo it. We think most people know that. And we're not suggesting the way to get ahead in the world is only to get promoted. Although I would say it's amazing the number of career tools questions we get about how do we get promoted to manager, to, to director, to executive, and so on. If you want to stay where you are and ridicule people who want to do their best, that this is my thought in my head when somebody gives me a hard time about dressing up a little bit. And when you hear our recommendations for dressing up, we're not suggesting going over the moon. If somebody else wants to stay where they are and ridicule you, that's their call. On the other hand, what we wear is our call. And look, something else. Here, here's something else that I think is important. You alluded to this, right, Mike? Our audience is more likely to have credence to our preparation and our presentation if they see that we have dressed up, showing the rec that we recognize the import and the value of the event. And even if you don't agree with the idea of dressing up, believe me, your audience does. And the people who make decisions note that you took the time and therefore will assume in your favor that you've done other things to get ready. Okay. So now let me throw my my last argument at you, and I'm going to throw you a real softball here. So what if I don't know what to wear? <laughs> yeah, two army engineers going to recommend what to wear, right? 
Yeah, um, good. Yeah, that's yeah. why. That's why it's not a career fashion uh, shoe. Yeah, exactly right. It's not a fashion. It's not fashion tools, right? <laughs> we know this is not fashion tools. Uh, look, we we love style. We love people who are who who dress well and, and sharp. And and folks, if you think you can dress slightly less well than everybody else and get ahead, all things being equal, um, get ahead strictly on the basis of your abilities, you may be able to, but it's harder. On the other hand, you don't need to be going to, to runway shows in order to figure out what's the latest fashion style. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to start with what we think is the most generally acceptable presentation outfit based on all of our work and all the kind of companies we go to, from places that build farm implements to chip fabs uh, the world over. And then we're going to address both a high and low version of that, depending upon the fashion sense of the workplace style that folks are in. And we're going to do two separate recommendations, one for gentlemen and one for ladies. If, if you're neither a gentleman or a lady, then, well, sorry, we can't help you. Yeah. <laughs> so men first, okay? Our broadest recommendation is, and this applies to the majority of workplaces that we see. If your company makes farm implements and the, the factory fo- floor is in part dirt, um, then this is probably, uh, uh, you're probably at the, the low end of the fashion sense uh, workplace. And if you're working on Wall Street, or in the city in London, then you're probably on the upper end. And so this may not apply to you. But for the majority of workplaces that we see, our recommendation for gentlemen is this from the bottom up. Shoes that can be shined and that match your belt. Slacks that require dry cleaning, gentlemen. Usually wool or wool blends. And gentlemen, slacks, those slacks have a crease in them. A belt, again, that matches your shoes an undershirt which has sleeves, because if you're presenting, you may sweat, and a long-sleeve dress shirt that has been pressed. A tie is not necessary. Okay? Any recommendations on, on the kind of shirt? I mean... Yeah, look, 20 years ago, we wouldn't have been able to say this, but today, it's silly not to go with a non-iron shirt. Brooks Brothers, Land's Inn, Joseph A. Bank, okay? 100% cotton, pinpoint Oxford, or broadcloth. And folks, guys, not regular Oxford cloth. They don't look as sharp. Uh, And look, something else too. This is a shirt you would wear with a suit. So no color but blue or white. The moment you get into pinks and mauves and and black, black, let's not even go there. Yeah, and we're talking about blue. We're not talking about a dark blue here. No dark blue. Yeah. The The darkest blue is French blue. If you ask what color blue it is and they don't say light blue or sky blue, if they say anything other than light blue or sky blue or French blue, don't wear it. It's probably too dark. And folks, we're not talking about a casual shirt here. We're talking about a shirt you could wear under a suit coat, a dark suit coat. And folks, even if you never intend to wear a suit, wearing a shirt that goes appropriately under a suit is the way to go. No dark blues, dear God, no black, okay? No hunter greens, no stripes, okay? White or light or French blue. And, and I just got to tell you something, get clever at your peril. I recently read an article about uh, the rebranding and re-effort, uh, the new efforts at J. Crew and Mickey Drexler, who is a longtime CEO of Gap and is leading the rebranding at J. Crew, brought out a bunch of shirts and showed all the shirts that have been returned that have been unsold. And they were all in weird colors. And he said, look, guys, what color shirts are in everybody's closet? And they all said white or blue. Well, he said, he joked, he said, when Columbus came over, what did he wear? A white shirt and a blue shirt. I mean, that's it. That's what you're going to find, okay? So make it simple. That's our second recommendation. Make it simple. White or light blue. Good. Okay, now what about if I normally wear jeans to work? Does this guidance still apply? And Or should I just buy a, a, a more expensive pair of jeans? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, seven for all mankind or something. Spend 300 bucks, better jeans. Now, I do want to go back and say one thing. When we say slacks, the ideal slacks are gray wool, okay? You can wear black. Black slacks work. The great thing about gray, gray wool, guys, is you have a couple of pair of gray wool slacks. Whether you cuff the bottoms or not, it's your call. If you wear gray wool slacks, you can put a white shirt or a blue shirt over them. They both look great. You can also uh, wear them with po many polo shirts. They work fine, although we generally don't recommend polo shirts. And lastly, you can throw a navy blue blazer over the top of them, and you've immediately dressed up a look. And frankly, you can put a navy blue blazer and a rep tie or a pin dot tie on them, and you've got another look as well. We're not trying to make you fashionable. We're trying to keep your costs down while giving you as many possible options for as many different social situations as you might be in in a professional career. It's as simple as that. Okay. Now, you asked about more dressed down environments if you're normally wearing jeans to work. The first rule is you don't wear jeans and present, period. Why? Because the first rule is to dress up, right? We recommend you wear khakis or chinos, anything but jeans. If you're really going to be crisp, if you're going to be sharp, if you want to pay attention to what we're saying, wear trousers, trousers again, that have a crease or at least could have a crease, even if they're not sold with them. And frankly, you could probably take them to dry cleaners, get them dry cleaned and pressed. Okay. And by the way, when it comes to trousers, guys, those trousers that can be laundered and pressed, if you get them dry cleaned and pressed, they will keep their color, whatever color they have, a lot longer and they'll last better as well. Clothes get washed. They tend to, to fade much more quickly, particularly if you have dark polo shirts. Okay. So wear trousers that have a crease or at least could have a crease. The absolute minimum you would wear in an outfit in an organization that people wear jeans to work would be a polo shirt. And that means one with a collar in a solid color. But frankly, guys, we don't even recommend that. We still recommend a long sleeve cotton dress shirt. And when it comes to the long sleeve cotton dress shirt, what we recommended above, 100% cotton, pinpoint Oxford or broadcloth. We frankly almost always recommend button down Oxford shirts because that way you know where the collar is and you don't have to keep track of collar stays. And if you don't know what a collar stay, trust us, get button down Oxfords or pinpoint Oxfords. Now, look, if you're in a jeans workplace and you do decide and you're going to present and you want to go with a more casual long sleeve shirt, a hunter green or a dark blue or something like that, a navy blue. OK, fine. Although it's you're really touching the edge of our recommendations because our recommendations are to dress up. No T-shirts when you're presenting or any other kind of shirt without a collar. Even if it has a Pebble Beach logo on it? Yeah, I don't think. Well, maybe there are t-shirts with Pebble Beach logos, but no, you can't make a, a t-shirt better with a logo <laughs> or with writing on it. In fact, there are places which the rule is you can wear a t-shirt, but it can't have any writing on it. Good. Okay. What about a more dressed up environment? W what do we do there? Yeah. I, I, and the reason we suggest this is there's some people listen to our first recommendation thinking they're in a normal workplace and going, wait, that's what everybody wears to work every day around here, right? We're going to give you two choices and they're either wear a suit without a tie or wear a suit with a tie. The only decision to make is whether ties are worn periodically by more senior folks in the office. If partners or MDs or VPs or salespeople's salespeople wear ties to clients, wear one. If you never see a tie, but you normally wear slacks and dress shirts, wear a suit. That's that's a pair of trousers and a suit coat that match that are intended to match, and keep the jacket on during the presentation, but don't wear a tie. Now, I want to mention something, too, about suits. I had an interesting conversation with someone recently, and it just made me realize at first I was surprised, and then I said, okay, point taken. Someone said, well, Mark, does a suit really need to match? And my first thought was I interrupted him because I'm a high D, and I said, uh, yeah, 
that's the definition. Yeah, that's a suit, right? <laughs> yeah, and, and and then I realized something. I I, w- I was guilty of um, academic creep, where you know I've been doing this for years, and here's a fresh person just starting in a in, in a career, and uh, I realized two things that could be arguing against a suit being something you buy from a men's store that is intended to go together. And they are this. Actually, there are three things, really. The first thing is there is fashion. And 20 years ago, this was not the case. But you can go to men's fashions, magazines, GQ and Esquire and so on and find fashion people recommending uh, men repurposing their suit coats to wear over jeans on a Friday night out to a club. Uh, or to a to a happy hour or something with with fellow coworkers if you have a relaxed workplace. Okay, first of all, anybody who wears suits regularly will tell you don't do that because you don't want to wear one part of the suit outfit without the other one because they need to wear about the same. Okay, smart gentlemen buy two pair of trousers with their suits because the trousers always wear wear out first, and that way you have a second pair of trousers and extends the life of the suit. But to wear a suit coat without the trousers seem crazy to most people who know suits. We're not saying you can't do it. We're just saying that would add to the general belief that some people have that, oh, suits can be separated. In general, suits are not supposed to be separated. The second thing that adds to it is places like Land's End say you can buy suit separates. You can buy this suit trouser and this suit coat. And technically that's true, but really they they end up being the same thing. They end up being a suit cut from the same cloth, trouser and coat. But the re- another one that's really interesting, and it occurred to me later, is when ladies, when women refer to suits, sometimes they are a matching suit, which is to say they are of different cloth. I mean, it is a suit, but they're intended to go together. It's actually what we'd call, historically we'd call an outfit, but it's not what would be called historically a suit. So there are reasons for people to think, well, you know, is a, you know, what's a suit? Well, a suit is a pair of trousers and a suit coat that match. And you generally, the only time you wear them is together. And if you're taken to wearing your suit trousers to work without your suit coat, you're going to regret it because your suit trousers are going to wear out and you're going to have a very expensive suit coat you're not going to be able to wear anymore unless you want to wear it to a club on Friday night. But by then, if you're wearing it that late, then it's probably going to be out of fashion anyway. Okay, so does that cover it for the gentleman in the audience? It does. It does. And for the guys. And for the guys. <laughs> and, for, and for the guys. Right. <laughs> Back to my earlier snide remark. Yeah. Sorry about that, folks. I didn't really mean it. So <laughs> how, how about the ladies in the audience? Yeah, I think we'll probably get some pushback here, but our standard recommendation is simple. Three pieces. It might be easy for us to say slacks and a dress blouse because it steps up from chinos or jeans or or the typical workplace attire for men and women. But frankly, slacks and a dress blouse doesn't work for a lot of reasons. And women have many more choices than men do. And frankly, many more choices that have become widely accepted for presentations. Now, look, the third piece doesn't, it needn't be a suit. The third piece might be a fitted sweater or a coat or a suit top. And there, are, there there's using the word suit without actually meaning um, a suit. The key is to step up from the normal day-to-day that would usually just mean two pieces, dress or slacks or pants, and a blouse or shirt or a top. It's fine to wear a tank or a camisole underneath that third piece sweater or coat, even if you might find that tank or camisole too revealing without the third piece, because you're going to present in that third piece. What, what about shoes? You know, heels, pumps, yeah, what? Yeah. Despite fashion... 
and we might get some pushback here. But frankly, we might get some pushback from the guys as well. I think we get more pushback from the ladies because ladies are more aware of fashion, right? And guys are just like, well, these guys seem pretty smart and they've been executives. So therefore, huh, I guess I better listen to them. But we do recommend ladies closed toe, heel, closed toe and heel shoes. In other words, closed toe, closed heel shoes. Um, I know, I know there are some open toe shoes, some peep toes and, and some slingbacks that probably you get away with. And we'll talk about that in just a little bit. Your shoes can be flats, they can be pumps, or they can even be high heels, ladies. Though probably four-inch platform heels or spikes are probably out, okay? If you really want a go-to shoe, it's black pumps, okay? But you do have more leeway than the gentlemen in the audience do. If you're somebody who dresses carefully, you can wear red shoes, for instance. And I'm not talking about Christian Louboutins. I'm just saying red shoes. Okay, okay? men, don't try that. Yeah, just, right. Well, I'm I don't just think saying. anybody, I don't think any of the men are going to wear Christian Louboutin, that's for sure. Uh, red shoes could, in fact, be the right accessory for the right outfit, ladies, and that's completely appropriate, but still, closed toe, closed heel. Women have more options than men, not just because there are more options sold, but because men stink at these choices a lot more often than women do. And sorry, guys, that's not a gender bias. It's just empirically obvious from what we see in the workplace. Ladies, if you want something more direct and more simple, Navy or black two-piece suit with a tank or camisole or a blouse that matches underneath. Please, no cleavage. Normally, we would say for ladies in the workplace, uh, if we can see your bra through the front of your blouse, it's too sheer. But because we're recommending three pieces, that's not a problem. What, what about dresses, Ken? Women wear dresses during presentations? Yeah. Now, now look, uh, there are a lot of very sharp professional dresses. And we have found many women who look great and professional and sharp and well turned out uh, and, and, and clearly meet the category of step up, um, dress up in this, in this. So we can caveat this one by saying there are some women who can do this. In our experience, we don't recommend it for the majority of women. If you want to wear a dress, you can. But we have found that male audiences tend to think, quote, more feminine unquote, when women present in dresses. And the chauvinistic world we live in, we, look, folks, we, we're not proud of it. We just know it to be true. The chauvinistic world we live in doesn't equate more feminine, unquote, with successful presentation. And dresses present more choices that can easily go astray. Look, that said, there are plenty of women who know exactly what works well with them, what they're comfortable in, and a really, really sharp professional dress looks absolutely fantastic and looks like someone has taken the right step up. So you can do it. We just don't recommend it for anyone. If you're wondering whether or not you should do it, that probably means you don't have enough of your own fashion sense and what works for you that we could recommend it. Yeah. We think about our guidance in the sense that for women, particularly our guidance in a dress down kind of environment is going to seem a little, little more formal than maybe what we've described for the men. Yeah, I, I think more women will feel like our recommendations in this area will make them stand out more than the men than our men's recommendation because usually, although not always, there are men at the top of your organization and they have to dress up a bit periodically. Slacks or pressed chinos or khakis and a top that matches are fine. Pumps or flats for shoes as opposed to sneakers or sandals. Ladies, please, no sandals. And I suppose it should go without saying, gentlemen, never present in flip-flops. I love flip-flops. Please, don't get me wrong. I have 20 pair of them, but I don't present in them. 
So slacks, pressed chinos, khakis, a top that matches. You don't need to have three pieces, ladies, if you're in a dress down uh, environment. But if you are in an upscale place, then wear a black or navy suit and it'll still be three pieces, but... Yeah, three pieces, but now it's a suit as opposed to an outfit, three pieces, black or navy. And and look, we say black or navy to the vast majority of women, of ladies who are listening, okay? We know there are women who are listening who can wear, you know, a cream-colored suit or who can wear uh, a herringbone suit or, frankly, a red suit and absolutely look like the leader of the entire company, okay? Fine. And they're, they're, they're out there, and they're at a much higher percentage than men. But what we know is there's also a big group out there that may not know that, or if they do know, know that they couldn't do that. And so then the question is, what's best? If you ask us our go-to recommendation, wear a black or a navy suit. We're thrilled to be able to recommend black, because folks, 20 years ago, you couldn't, 30 years ago, you couldn't recommend black. Now, ladies and men can wear black, and a black or navy three-piece outfit a black suit with a, with a, um, a camisole or tank or a blouse underneath it looks very, very sharp. Now, most women in my experience are more fashion conscious than, than men and read a lot more and, and look at fashion consultants and all that kind of stuff. And a lot of men do not. I, I know somebody in particular who actually considers himself fairly fashionable, but we'll just leave his name off this cast. Oh, wait his name is part of this cast. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, <laughs> nice. But... but my guess is that um, a lot of women are going to find a lot of fashion consultants that are going to disagree with this here on our points. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And and uh, there are women fashion experts who are going to disagree with this here. And we think we are absolutely the lesser number, right? There's just two of us and we're guys, pardon the gender bias there, as opposed to the many, many women who are out there going to be quoted on what women should wear and so on. I think that I got to say, if you look at people at the top of the companies, they won't tell young women dress the way you like and you know embrace your inner self and so on. We're not going to argue with them. We're going to say two things in our defense, if you will, and then we'll just leave it at that. One, our recommendations are not about fashion, folks. They're about effectiveness. Their recommendations probably are about fashion. They're about figuring out how to make fashion work in the workplace. Our recommendations are how to make you look effective. And there's a difference. We would say that presentations are not about fashion at all. They might very well say everything is about fashion. Uh, Wendy and I have subscribed to a magazine called Pink, which I don't think is long for this world, frankly, for a while. Uh, we're recording this in 2009. It's a women's business magazine. You think of the pink as being a woman's color as opposed to boy. And pink, the first, the last three letters, I-N-K, pink ink, right? Sort of women's ink, so to speak. And frankly, we're both disappointed with pink. Every once in a while, they'll say something. Now, mind you, this is to a business audience, at least according to what they describe as their target audience. They say something like, ladies, rock your inner feminista, or you are woman roar, you know, frankly, we see that as a little over gender driven and a little under business driven. Imagine telling a man, you know, rock your masculinity. I think their approach, and, and, and there are things to like about the magazine, but I think their approach is how can we figure out how to be successful as women in the business world? And we approach it differently. We want you to be successful as a woman or a man. We really don't care which, which of you is successful, man or women out there. But we want to tell you what we know about the rules of business. And sometimes we think it's the approach that makes a difference. And, and look, secondly, we're not trying to get any one woman to, quote, look great 
unquote, while presenting. We're trying to eliminate the possibility, and it's far greater an issue in our opinion than helping some woman have the latest fashion help them look great. We're trying to eliminate the possibility that many, 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 many women haven't even gotten basic guidance on how to avoid attire disasters when presenting, okay? When we've asked fashion counselors about what they recommend versus what we recommend, they say, oh, but everybody already knows what you're recommending. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, but that's not true, is it? It's really not true. And we see people make these mistakes all the time, okay? Now, look, there are times when we tone down one of our recommendations, not because it's not right to make the recommendation, but because, frankly, one recommendation in the wrong hands can be disastrous. If we were to say, sure, go ahead and wear slingbacks if you know what you're doing, and then we have somebody who doesn't really understand their entire fashion presentation and they go and give a presentation and a, and a senior person, a man who's probably perhaps gender biased goes, wow, she was looking way too feminine. I would rather she dressed for the workplace. And look, there are, and ladies, lest you think that's a gender bias, although let's be clear, the world is gender biased. The business world is still gender biased in favor of men. The fact is a man who wears a really tight fitting suit or a tight fitting shirt and takes it off in order to show off his shoulders or his biceps looks like an idiot too. Or a man who wears a, his suit coat, uh, his suit trousers a little bit short to show how clever his sock, his socks are is also uh, looking a little foppish and, and not appropriate because they're putting fashion or fitness or masculinity above business. Uh, and business is not about fashion. Although the business of fashion is certainly fascinating. Look, sometimes we tone some things down. Um, because if if we give the recommendation that might be true for some people, it might also be disastrous for others. Not giving feedback to somebody's boss, to your boss, is an example, folks. Sure, there are bosses out there. We get to ask this every time. We got asked it a couple of weeks ago at the conference. We'll be asked again in a couple of weeks. There are bosses to whom we can give feedback, okay? We know it. And, and folks, we're never going to recommend it because, frankly, we don't know your boss. We're speaking to you. And frankly, I've seen it happen before, much to our chagrin. There are lots of bosses who say they want feedback and then push, punish that very thing from people whom they asked it from. We sometimes have to share guidance that helps the most people avoid the floor, in other words, avoid failure, rather than trying to tell a few people how to reach the top. And we think a lot of fashion experts are speaking to women who really, really know what they're looking for, and they know how to add the extra accessory that really, really makes a difference. That's great, and that's not what we're trying to do. This is really what it boils down to, I think. A hundred people writing us, telling us how great a recommendation worked for them, does not erase the one person writing to tell us that they used our recommendation to disastrous effect. I refuse to lose sleep over someone saying, I did what you recommended, and it turned out really, really bad. And so in that sense, we can't make fashion recommendations. Look, we're not smart enough to. We can't keep up with fashion. Fashion changes too fast. We do know what works in business effectiveness, and that's what we're talking about. Yeah. So this may not be the absolute best that one particular woman can can do. But in, in this case, when it comes to women presenting, what we recommend will work. Yeah. Yeah, look, at, and look, here's the way to do this, folks. We talk about this on one-on-ones and feedback and coaching and virtually everything we talk about. Use our recommendations until you start doing what we're recommending, like second nature. If you follow all these steps and you've done them for a year and you've presented two or three times a month for that year, Okay, great. Now you feel comfortable. Now you're not even thinking about what you're wearing. And in fact, fra fashion has disappeared from your mind. Then, uh, of course, and what, what happens is the great thing is you don't have to think about what you're wearing. You can spend that time thinking about what you're presenting and about what your audience is, because really it's all about the audience, right? And then 
Now, at that point, it's been a year now, and you really, really know this like second nature. Now start watching men and women you admire, know what they do, know why it works for them, and ask yourself whether it might work for you. And you might add an accessory or two that might be slightly outside of our recommendation, but still will work. And we'll be the first person to bow and kiss and shake your hand. Yeah, or put differently, don't confuse being fashionable with being successful, right? And, and you know, by the way, why would you want to take fashion advice from two army engineers? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not. Yeah, this is not. It makes no sense. Obviously, this is not fashion advice. Good. I mean, yeah, it's great. I mean, we, 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 we want you to look good, but let's not assume that looking good means fashionable because it doesn't all, those two things are not the same thing. Thanks for joining us, everyone. We'll finish this up next week. In the meantime, have a great week. So long.